For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 16, the most familiar verse in the Bible. We're going to take a look together at that verse today as we uh, take our day three look through John chapter three. Such a powerful verse, so well known. It's so well known that a kind of a, a pop culture has grown up around this verse. But I want to remind you that John 3.16 is more than just a, a sign at a football game. I mean, the pop culture is so strong around this verse. Somebody's even written a song about the signs that people hold up at football games. Banner Man, the song is called. Uh, one of the lines is, the ball gets booted, it hits the cross beam, up goes the banner, John 3.16. He ain't going to change the world, but he knows who can, Banner Man. Every time I see him, I smile a little more. I can't help praying for another high score. He ain't going to change the world, but he knows who can, Banner Man. Well, John 3.16 has come into our culture because of the power of this verse. New Century Version says it this way, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him may not be lost, but have eternal life. Sometimes, oftentimes, we see this verse as a verse to help us believe in Jesus Christ for the first time, and it is that. But does that gift end the moment we believe? No, this is a gift that keeps on giving. And so as we walk through this verse today, maybe the impact of your life is that it'll help you to believe in Jesus Christ for the first time. Or possibly the impact in your life is that it will remind you of the need for faith in daily life. John 3.16, the literal Greek order, remember the New Testament was originally written in Greek, the literal Greek order of the words in John 3.16 is this, for thus loved God the world, the Son, the only one he gave, that everyone believing in him may not perish, but may have life eternal. Now, the interesting thing about that literal Greek order is where the word gave is placed that his son, the only one he gave. It's placed last in that phrase for emphasis. It's all about what God gave. God didn't send the son. He gave the son. He sent him into the world in order to give him. This was not some diplomatic visit by Jesus Christ. He came to sacrifice. And so let's today, as we look through John 3.16, just walk through it slowly together, a phrase at a time. For God. For God. God gave the gift. God the Father. Don't miss that. Now, immediately, if you're thinking, this brings up questions. It's a simple verse, but you think, wait, God gave the Son? What about the Trinity? How does that work? Aren't God and the Son equal in the Trinity? This confuses some people so much that they think, I'm just going to throw out the whole idea of the Trinity. I want a God that's more understandable to me. But God clearly shows us that he is one being who has three persons. And God, the Father, gave the Son in the perfect unified co-equal relationship that they had, God's job was to give and the son's job was to come. I don't understand all the jobs of the Trinity, but I do understand that one. What it reminds me of is that the father and the son, and we find out later the spirit, are all involved. It's not like they had an argument in the Trinity and the son said, no, I'm going whether you want me to or not, dad. No, they all, all God and all that he is, is in complete agreement always and is in complete agreement about Jesus Christ coming, the gift. For God, the next phrase is, so loved. God gave the gift. God gave the gift because of his love. The motivation for this gift, think about this, is not just your need. It's not just the world's need. 
It's not that God just had pity on the world and thought, I have to do something or I'm going to feel guilty about this. No, the motivation is purely love. So loved. That phrase there has the idea of love to an infinite degree. The the tense of the words there points to one continuous great act of love. Not an impulse of love, but a love that was always intended, always planned, and that will always be. As I think of God's love here expressed, I, I have to ask myself, what motivates my concern for the world that's around me? What motivates my service for Christ? Is it short-term things like guilt or fear or pride or the good things people might say about me? There's only one long-term motivator for a lifetime of service. It's love. For God so loved the world. God gave the gift to the entire world. I was once talking to a missionary friend, and I asked them, how many languages do you speak? And they said, well, a couple, but I can say John 3.16 in 10 different languages because I found out if I can tell them that, that's what people really need to know. It's more important than anything else I could say. God gave this gift to the entire world. As I grow, as you grow, your vision expands. First you think, well, God gave the gift for me. God came because he loves me, and that is true. Maybe when you're a new believer, that's all you see. But then your vision starts to expand very quickly. Oh, God gave the gift also for my friends, for my family. And then you lift your eyes a little higher and you think, God gave the gift for everyone that I have contact with in my life, people at my office, people that I see at the store. Then you look a little broader and think, even people I don't know, God gave the gift for everyone in this country. Then you recognize, God gave the gift for everyone in this world. It's a small planet in many ways. And we are all missionaries to the world because God gave the gift to the entire world. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave his one and only son. God gave his son, only begotten son. The Greek word here for only begotten or one and only is the, is the word mogenes. That means uniqueness or one of a kind, nothing else like it. That's the price that he paid. Now, does the price that he paid stop being meaningful on the day that you're saved? Does this verse stop being meaningful the moment you become a Christian? No, we draw upon that account of sacrifice every day of our lives. That he gave his one and only son that whoever Those two words, that whoever. Here we move from the giving to the receiving, the whoever in the middle. I'll never forget the story of Dawson Trotman, the founder of the Navigator's Son. He had asked his son as a preschooler to memorize this verse, and the Navigators, they had uh, people from the Navy over all the time. They'd eat at their table all the time, and he asked his little son to quote this verse. Some of the men around the table weren't yet believers. In fact, there were some pretty rough sailors And his little son quoted, and he had a hard time with one word. In the the King James, the word in the middle is whosoever. The little boy says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said the word whosoever, and one of the sailors later tapped Dawson Trotman on on the shoulder and said, you know, when your son said that word that way, whosoever, I realized it means me. That means me, and that means you. This invitation is all-inclusive. Everyone is qualified. Is there anyone you've disqualified? Maybe because of prejudice, maybe because of anger. Maybe it's not prejudice against a group. Maybe it's losing hope for an individual. This is an invitation that is all-inclusive. Everyone's invited. 
Jesus invites you to the party. If you decide not to come, he's not the one excluding you. You are invited to this party, whosoever. Whosoever, the next phrase is, believes in him. We receive when we believe. Unbelievers receive this gift through trust. There is no other way. And believers enjoy this gift through trust. There is no other way. Whoever believes in him will not perish. We receive salvation from eternal death. This isn't talking about physical life. We, we die physically when we become a believer in Jesus Christ. This is talking about spiritual life, separation from God. Will not perish. The moment you say to Jesus Christ, I want to be born again. I want a relationship with you. I receive you into my life. The moment you believe in him as the Savior, the forgiver of your sin, as the Lord, the leader of your life, at that moment, the transaction is sealed. You will not perish. It's done. And you can start appreciating that right now. You're already delivered from being spiritually dead in this world. You can already begin to think of what your life would be like without Christ. And as you think about what your life would be like without Christ, realize that one of the significant differences heads towards eternity, and you can enjoy that right now. The message paraphrase of John 3.16 says it this way. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why so that no one needs to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. The next phrase is, will not perish, but will have eternal life. We receive the promise of eternal life, everlasting life. Now, do those words point to a quality of life or a quantity of life? Both. It is everlasting. It's eternal quality of life. And when does that new quality of life start? Well, the truth of the matter is it starts the moment you believe. Now, I know physically you're going to get a new body when you go to heaven. You're going to experience some new things materially. But spiritually, the moment you believe, your life takes, your life takes a leap into the promise of eternal life. Because, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Let's pray and thank God for this truth. And as you pray, you might need to pray John 3.16 as a prayer of salvation commitment. You might need to say to him, God, I thank you that you so loved me, that you gave Jesus for me. And today, right now, this moment, I want to believe in you. I want to trust my life to you. And I thank you for the promise that as I believe in you, I will not perish, but I will have your life, eternal life. You might need to pray John 3.16 as a salvation commitment. You might need to pray it as a prayer of thanks. God, thank you. Thank you that you so loved me. Thank you that you gave your son. Thank you that you gave me the grace to believe in you. Thank you. Thank you that I will not perish. Thank you that I will have eternal life. And God, thank you that you love not only me, you love the world. And so you might want to pray John 3.16 as a prayer of your commitment to share the good news with others. God, help me to share with others that you so love the world. Help me to share with others and let other people know that they can believe in you. Help me to tell the good news that we don't have to perish. We can have eternal life. We pray this together, Jesus, in your name. Amen.